0: So we've talked about the past and uh, it's nice to uh, remember and reminisce, but uh, enough of the last 25 years. What about the next 25 years? Because as sweet as some memories are, it's important that we don't try and live in the past as some people do because you actually literally cannot live in the past because time is moving you always into the future. And uh, we have to be ready, therefore, and prepared. I love what Zig Ziglar, the famous motivational speaker, has said. He says, we need to be like rivers because rivers cannot go backwards. They're always moving towards the ocean. And he says, in the same way, we need to keep moving forward, forgetting the past and focusing on the future. Now, the problem is, for some people, when you start talking about and thinking of the future, a lot of people aren't very excited about it. Uh, there's a spirit of fear in our world that grips people's minds and causes them to imagine the worst possible scenario, some terrible expected outcome for the future. And then the media will often get a hold of that and share that idea around, and other people will then pick up on that. And so a lot of people are bound up with fear and worry and anxiety Uh, About the future And of course for the moment It's uh, uh, climate change uh, Global warming The carbon emissions Rising tides uh, And every few days you'll see a headline um, Dire warning I often see these words Dire warning And there'll be the latest version Of uh, disaster that is about to come upon us But it isn't new Uh, There's always been this spirit that goes looking for something to worry about. Um, Before, a little while ago, we heard all about the ozone layer breaking up. Before that, do you remember Y2K? All the computers that weren't calibrated to go beyond December the 31st, 1999 were apparently going to crash. We'd have aeroplanes fall from the sky, Uh, entire networks of governments and financial systems collapse and fall apart. Do you remember what happened? not a thing and before that we had nuclear war uh, potential all the the Cold War decades, uh, the end of fossil fuels, uh, the need for us all to colonise the moon because of overpopulation or build great big underwater uh, vegetable gardens and we'd all have to eat kelp because there wasn't going to be enough food to be uh, grown on earth and before that The coming ice age. Yes, when I was young, we weren't worried about the planet getting hotter. We were all preparing for a frozen future. And that's what the scientific experts were telling us. I recently read of a couple who have decided never to have children because of the fear that they have of that child coming into this world. I thought that's very sad. Particularly... Because that potential child would actually have a safer, better, longer life now than at any other time in history. And that's statistically proven from all different angles. For example, the life expectancy of an Australian boy born 100 years ago was less than 60. Today, a boy born in Australia can expect to live till over 80. That's more than 20 years difference. And that 20 years will have better public services, better health public transport, financial security, modern conveniences and more cereal options in the supermarket shelves than any other time in history. So I rest my case. Um, the fact is, look, you know, even clever people and scientists, they can't completely, accurately, perfectly predict the future. So, because the past has shown us that and the fact is that we're still driving cars that are fueled by oil that was supposed to run out years ago um so there 's always an element of estimating and guesstimating of opinion and personal judgment and imagination involved and that 's why we have a sixteen year old you know lecturing world leaders telling them in tears that they 've stolen her childhood and that we 're at the beginning of a mass extinction that young lady needs some hope yes. amen yes. and we have that hope because the bible says in hebrews six nineteen that there is hope in Jesus and it is an anchor for our souls safe and secure. And so I and I believe we owe it to our children to live out that hope and to provide for them hope for the future because that is what is been provided by God. And so we can use our imagination in a positive way. We can harness the power of vision casting without it being overwhelmed by fear and doubt and worry and and we're not just talking about a positive mental attitude some random hyped up positive thought or some false foundation for being positive about the future because we can step into a place of faith in the living god in the one who provides love care, mercy, forgiveness, power, protection over our lives and he can lift our spirits up so that we can have this hope and faith rather than being crushed by worry and fear for the future and so we don't have to worry really about the state of the world of course we have to do our best to look after it but the one who created it is still overseeing it and he will end it when he's good and ready the world will come to an end, but I'll tell you what, the Bible tells us about the end of the world and when you read First Thessalonians chapter 4 in about verse 19, it says Jesus coming back and what does it say? Encourage one another with these words. So it's not something to be worried about because there's great encouragement for believers knowing when Jesus comes back, he's just going to make things better. And until then, things will be okay when we trust in Him. More than okay, we'll have a great time serving Him and following Him. And so you can have a vision, and that's what I want to talk about this morning, a vision to help you move forward in life that has a sense of hope and confidence and excitement about the future. And even when unexpected things occur, it doesn't have to derail us completely. I mean, the stuff of life hits us. You know, things shock us and upset us. And there can be even, you know, natural disasters or terrible conflicts between nations and, and even on a personal level. Interpersonal conflict can be upsetting and hurtful and all that. But none of this, none of that has to overwhelm us completely because Christ, the hope of glory lives inside us. And that's what I want you to be reminded of this morning. Um, It's so easy to just find out what the the fearful pundits are saying in the media about the future. But let's have a think about what God says about the future. Amen. And so uh, you may have heard of this verse. Let's have a look at a few. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And here's a wonderful promise from God. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. And not to harm you, plan to give you a hope and a future. Isn't that awesome? So God has a plan for your life. He has something in mind for your future. He sees your future. He sees your potential. He sees where you're at today. He sees where you can be in the future, who you can become, what you can do. And for each of us as individuals and as a body of believers, He sees us blessed and fruitful and prosperous and protected from harm. And so that's a powerful promise. That's worth remembering. Amen. And so uh, let's have a look at a couple others. Look at Philippians chapter 1. Uh, this is in the New Testament, of course. Uh, read from about verse 3. Paul writing, He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Notice that at the end. He's begun a good work, he's not going to stop, he's going to keep going until Jesus comes back. Um, Paul's writing there, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, his confidence that he talks about is not just from a human perspective And it's not just for the Philippians of 20, 20 centuries ago But it's from God's perspective and it's for us today So that as we move into the future We can be confident that Jesus will continue to work in our lives And through our lives And so we have this lifelong adventure of growth and ministry for the Lord That's exciting And if you look further on in this same letter, Paul's writing, and again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's talking about his own life and his vision for the future. He's been talking about knowing Jesus, of how he's going to end up being raised from the dead at the end of time. But he says, well, I haven't quite obtained this in Philippians 3, verse 12. I haven't already arrived at this goal, but I press on. Everyone say press on. Press on. on. Man, I just love... That concept, pressing on, there's some oomph in that expression, isn't it? I remember Dylan, when he got saved, wrote that great song, Pressing On. He had all the African-American girls singing behind him. You gotta go and look that up. Put that on your Spotify playlist. And uh, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so there's some energy, some passion about the future. He's not looking back, he's looking forward. He's not settling down. He's not getting all comfortable and complacent and saying, look, I'm on this nice little island. I'm pretty well known in quite a few churches. So send me your offerings. I'll send you my newsletter. And I'm having a little pina colada, uh, non-alcoholic. I'm a Christian and you know, or whatever. You know, And he's just sitting on a beach in, in, in some Mediterranean island. He could have done that. And he could have sent his letters around the place. No, no, he's pressing on. He's serving God. He's stirring himself up. He wants to keep seeking God, knowing God, working for God right to the end of his life. And so there's a passion in all, in all those passages. And there are many other passages in the Bible that relate to this concept of having a, a future in mind, of moving forward, of having vision, not just hanging around or, or, or thinking of the good old days or reminiscing or just coping or just letting life hit you as you sort of find yourself stepping and stumbling into tomorrow, but having an idea of where am I going to go? Where am I going to be? What course do I set for the future? And, uh, and so having something that stirs us about the future. Someone wants to find vision simply as this, a picture of the future that produces passion. I think that's a brilliant, short, pithy definition. A picture of the future that produces passion. And you know, sadly, some people live without any passion because they have no vision. Helen Keller, the woman, you know, who was born blind and deaf and mute, she once said this, the only thing worse than being born blind is having sight, but no vision. And so some people aren't harnessing, they can see physically, but she said they got no, and she knew what she was talking about. She didn't have physical sight, of course, but she did have a vision. She could see a life of purpose and meaning for herself beyond her disabilities and of course she went down in history fulfilling that vision and becoming an inspiration to millions of people and so when we see something when we aim for something there's a drive inside us for something that can that can help us attain things that wouldn't normally happen we can see something that hasn't yet occurred or some place that we haven't been and 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 we can be stirred for wonderful things to happen now of course Not everything that we just conjure up definitely happens. Not always God's will, not always possible, not always within our control. And so there's a a tension between, you know, what's in our heart, what we aim for, what we want to do and what we really find out is God's will, is right for us. And so this is why, number one, we need to keep our relationship with the Lord strong. And that's why the Bible tells us if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He gives us the desires of our heart. And so he, he fulfills the desires, but he also puts them in. And then I believe when we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, seeking him, walking with him, close to him, those dreams and visions and desires in our heart will get sifted and tested. And so something that might seem super exciting, yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh! As you pray about it over time, you think, whoa, that was crazy. That was just not God's will. I'm so glad I didn't pursue that. And so sometimes we need a little bit of time, and maybe we talk to someone else. Hey, I'm really excited about this. What do you think? Why are you not excited? Oh, You're right. It's a dumb idea. I don't know what was. Her? Wow, wow! I'm so glad we had this conversation. The other person had not even had a sip of their coffee yet. You, they just you just needed to start processing and talking about. It, you know, or you can be stupid and isolated and just go, No, I'm going to do it. It's the it's the will of the Lord. And you didn't ask anyone, including God. And away you go. And we've all known some crazy Christians doing stuff that didn't work out well, all under the name of it's the will of God, but it wasn't. And so, uh, you know, God spoke to me God said, "Mm, okay, so how else is he saying that? You know, what's he saying in the Word And what's others saying around us? And so, you know, we need to catch God's vision And when you read in the Word You see this power of vision all through the Bible That isn't just a man-made Oh, I'm setting my goals and away I go but, uh, But something that God's put in their heart Put in their life Remember Abraham Way back in the book of Genesis, we read God takes him out and says, look at the stars. Now imagine all your children just like the number of stars. I mean, you can't count them. They wouldn't have had nearly the pollution that we have in our world and cities today. And so he would have had the full Milky Way deal going on, lots and lots of stars. And God says, this is the number of descendants you're going to have. Well, of course, at that time, Abraham had no kids and was way past childbearing age with his wife, and yet it happened. And God put that vision in his heart, gave it to him for something to aim for, and his faith is released, and it comes to pass. Ezekiel, he's get, he, he, he gets a vision of, uh, you know, a valley of dry bones, but God's power coming, and those bones become. Alive with flesh and breath And it's a picture of revival That God can bring to the church And it's a vision that he gives someone And has that person involved He even says You breathe into those bones Son of man To Ezekiel So he's connected It's not just look what I will do Or look what I've already done God says This is what I see This is what I want you to see This is how we're going to work together To see a vision fulfilled You read about Isaiah In in about chapter 6 he says I saw the Lord. Remember that? The King died and he says, I saw the Lord. And then for the rest of that whole book, we read all these incredible detailed prophecies about the future. Visions that God gave him, including how Jesus would come to earth, how Jesus would die on the cross for our sins. Amazing detail, all because of vision. Joel wrote that in the latter days, people will have visions and dreams given to them from God then you go into the New Testament you've got Jesus saying hey look look up and see the fields that are white with harvest and 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 it's so easy to look down and say oh I've tried to tell people about my faith no one's interested well we've got to look to Jesus as he says to look up and he says, come on, look up, look just beyond your, your natural doubts or fears or insecurities or even the circumstances. Look by faith, look out and see. And there are people, there is a harvest, there are souls, there are people wanting to give their life to Christ. you just got to keep going to find them and, and step out by faith. And then you read in the book of Acts, Peter, you know, he's praying and he gets a vision. And as a Jewish man, he sees all these unclean forbidden foods coming down from heaven. And he's like, yeah, what is this? No way, yeah. And, and what we think is really cool, like crustaceans and prawns and lobster and stuff. And God says, take and eat. And Peter's <gasps> saying, he's freaking out. No way, that's terrible. And then he realises this is a vision of the Gentile world, the people that are beyond the Jewish community. And so far, the gospel of Jesus had been kept within their surrounds. And God's now saying, no, no, I want my good news to go out into the whole world. Oh, and away it goes and we're the beneficiaries. Isn't that amazing? And all starts with a, a man getting a seemingly kooky vision, but it, it's interpreted, it means something and it's stirring up. It's using the power of imagination. And so God has, they're all examples of visions and plans that God has for us that he wants us to catch and to see and to envisage, so that our future lines up with his will, rather than just what life throws at us, and we just sort of dribble along. And so, he, God's calling us to use our imagination and uh, and and our capacity to to dream and think. I mean, you think about the power of imagination for a moment. It's so strong, you know, when you imagine something, it can affect you physically, emotionally, spiritually, just because of what you're dreaming up. You can wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and yet your body is in a completely safe environment. But what's happened? You've just been dreaming about the bogeyman chasing you and you've had one of those terrible dreams where you're trying to run away Uh, and you can't run fast enough. And you call out, Mwah. all the lights of Lizero have come on at one point or another when my wife has had a bad dream and has tried to call out. And I have, my heart rate's gone from about, you know, 40 to 7 million because there's this blood curdling scream that starts with and. Mmm. And she finally gets it out And I've learned And then when this happens I've learned to kind of manage Because I wake up straight away with a And I'm quick, quick And I save And all the lights don't come on now And the sirens don't And police And people think that I'm killing my wife And But because they've heard The first few times, man It was just outrageous Alright, maybe two But two, few, three It's a couple of times But once was enough And then, oh Anyway, so that's my version of that that terrible... But, you know, uh, your body... You, you, so you've got a thing going on in your mind in a bad dream and your body is reacting as if it's real. Your body struggles to tell the difference between reality and, and, the, and the power of imagination. The, the same with... Um, If I start to, I could get you to close your eyes and start describing delicious food. I could say, Oh, how I, you know, had this first season mango yesterday and it was so sweet and the juices dribbled everywhere and it was amazing. And and you will start literally salivating when it's well described to you. And you haven't tasted it. You don't need the saliva to digest the food. There's no food, but your body is responding. And so it's a powerful thing, isn't it? And this is the problem. Some people get sick because of psychosomatic. Procedures in their mind leading to, you know, stress-related illness because they're worried about something. And they can't. and so we need to harness that power of imagination for good, yeah, and get a vision of our future that lines up with God's will and God's word, well, that lines up with his plans and his purposes. in Cho uh, has famously said, show me your vision and I will show you your future because it's going to determine how we step forward into the future where we go and so we need vision we need it we need it in our personal individual lives for your career your relationships your finances your family your ministry for god just this morning think and ask yourself what do i see into the future what when i seek god about my future what what kind of dreams is he stirring within me sometimes people don't Know the answer to that because they're never seeking God. They never make the time. They don't set aside that hour or two, maybe just a Saturday afternoon and you say, right there, Jesus, it's in the diary. I'm going for a walk on the beach and nothing and no one is going to stop me. And it's just a time of seeking God, looking to God, listening to God and then you know, switching that dream machine on. And opening those ears rather than just having the white noise of busy life all, I've got to go from this event to that event and I know what I'm talking about, you know, because some people like me are quite active naturally and so you've got to discipline yourself and say, right, I'm going to sit down, turn everything off and just have the Bible and, you know, just no distractions. And, uh, and so when you seek God, he will stir the right dreams and desires in you. Like I said in Psalm 37 verse 4, he will put those desires in your heart and, uh, and then you'll find that your best vision of the future is not just, you know, getting a decent job, paying off the mortgage and having a holiday in the Maldives. Yay. Well, you know, you can be blessed along the way, but God's best for you will be a little more than just looking after little old me. It connects to, yes, my personal life and blessings and prosperity and that's all wonderful and health and goodness but about his broader picture, his church, the community, our nation, other people in the world around us. And so it means that we will end up living a life not just for ourselves, but one that brings glory to God. And that, of course, is our overarching vision as a church. Our mission, as we've said many times, is that we will all keep reaching up to worship him. We'll all keep reaching out to with the good news, out into the community, sharing with other people about Jesus and reaching in with love and discipleship so that we can all fulfil our God-given destiny. And that, of course, reaching our love means that we haven't arrived. There's always another step. There's always something, not stretching and not hurting and not driven and not demanding, but reaching. It's still there. It's still to be achieved. There's something that keeps leading us forward into the future, so it's exciting. And um, I'll finish with uh, a verse and a couple of more thoughts. Uh, You know, when we look at the Lord and beyond ourselves, we catch his vision. I might have shared this on the night of our party. Haggai 2 verse 9. This is a vision that the prophet had in the Old Testament, even before Jesus came, about the church towards the end of time. The church of today, and it says, The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. And so God's vision there is for his glory to be greater as we move forward in time. That things that might have been wonderful and gloriful, full of glory in the past, because they were thinking back then of Solomon's temple the glory oh wow that was amazing well that had been demolished they can't find archaeological records of it it's been smashed and ruined and everything was taken off into captivity and and plundered but god says that's okay i'm not looking at the past I'm not reminiscing. I'm not trying to live back in the good old days. I'm always moving forward. I'm saying forget the former things. Come on, I'm going to do a new thing, and the new thing is better. I'm going to do something greater, and my glory will be stronger. And so this is what we move towards, yeah? We keep our passion for God, for his house, strong. And so um, we, that's why we are, are, are easily excited when we step into God's presence. You know, like if you're finding life a bit tough and boring, if you're downcast and depressed, it's a—it's not rocket science. You start praying, and uh, like David, you might start with lament. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God! You stay in His presence, you'll get like most of His psalms towards the end of. Wow, who cares about my enemies, God? You'll deal with them, smite them, ruin them, whatever. I'm just going to trust you. It's awesome. I praise God. That's how the Psalms always end, in this presence of God awareness. And so it's exciting. And so 25 years from now, wow, where are we going to be? I mean, it's going to be 2044. I trust that we will all still be passionate for Jesus about the ways of God, the church of God, the the priorities and visions that God gives us. Some of us may have even graduated to heaven. There's a sobering thought. Others who are now babies out in those little rooms out there will be adults taking up the mantle of ministry and leadership in the church. For Ruth and me, babe, I hope you're sitting down, we're going to be 81 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I'm still going to be holding on to the reins. I'm not letting anything go. <laughs> no, no. I won't be preaching the main message on Sunday from this pulpit. I'll be sitting under the messages, taking notes and learning all I can. I'll be serving the senior minister of this church, whoever they may be, because I know what he'll need. I know how to be a good support because I'll know what he's uh, what, what it needs I'm going to be. I'll be here every Sunday. I'll be at the prayer meetings. I'll be on the mowing roster. You know, a walker, putting out the bins. Oh, honestly, I I just. I I love it. I love the idea. I'm just going to be doing whatever the Lord wants, as He continues to build His church. And of course, I just ask you today: What about you? What are you going to be doing in 25 years? And you, you know, you don't have to have it all planned out. When we talk about vision, we need flexibility. We keep flowing like that river And the Lord knows the end more than we do We don't know when we're going to hit the ocean We don't know all the windy different ways of that river But we can just know the one who's in control of it all And today we can always just catch something Of God's vision for the future And we can affirm the right values That will take you and keep you on the right course Amen? Come on Wonderful, let's pray